welcome to the All Around Joe podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. On this edition of the All Around Joe podcast, I am going to be talking about the best at-home bodyweight exercises that you can do right now without any weights, wherever you are, whenever you want to, and it will be great for getting you into awesome shape. Because I think that a lot of times people take for granted how little they need in order to get themselves in shape. And I've been programming just body weight exercises into workouts for the last couple of years. So I've been able to show and try a lot of them myself and see that they can get you some really great results. And I bet you would be surprised, very surprised at how sore you could get from just a few body weight exercises. And I'm going to give you a workout at the end of the podcast here that you can try that I If it doesn't make you sore, I'm going to be incredibly surprised because it made me insanely sore by doing it just the other day. So before we get into that, if you guys would like to get two weeks free of the Get Better Project, which is my online at-home training program that you can do virtually anywhere, head over to thegetbetterproject.com slash two weeks. And as you can see right now, I am in the van, living back in the van full-time, and we are just outside of Hood River, Oregon, currently at a campground with our van life setup. So all we've got here is the uh, two dumbbells each. We each have a kettlebell and we have some bands, but we end up doing a lot of bodyweight movements just by themselves. So there's so many bodyweight movements that you can do that are incredibly effective and we don't need all the glamour that comes with the shiny gyms and who wants to go to the gyms right now anyway. You just need to put the right amount of intensity into these workouts, these movements in order to have the results you want to get. So if you're willing to work hard, listen up. I'm going to tell you my favorite bodyweight movements and how to do them and how to make them harder and how to make them work for you to get the results that you want, even if you don't have any equipment. A lot of people just stopped working out because of this COVID thing, and it was the exact wrong thing to do. It was a time to get yourself into the best shape of your life, which you could have done, which hopefully you did. But if you didn't, here are some things you can start doing right now in order to get yourself back on track. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the squat series, which Obviously, guys, you know, air squats are something that we do every single day, getting on the toilet, getting off the toilet, sitting up, sitting down out of a chair or wherever we're doing, standing up out of bed. We're doing air squats all the time. So variations on air squats are awesome. And there are so many good ones. So the the few that I'm going to focus on are just the regular air squat, doing that to the depth that you can do to keep keeping your back flat. So this is probably going to depend on your hip. Well, not probably. It is going to depend on your hip mobility, your ankle mobility, how low you can go keeping a back flat. So I'd recommend only going as low as you can with a back flat. And if you guys are questioning how to do any of these movements, head over to thegetbetterproject.com and check out the workouts of the week because every single week I post a video on how to do movements and you don't even have to sign up for the Get Better Project. You can just scroll through all of the movements whether or not you want to do a dumbbell only movement or a bodyweight only movement, I publish a workout of the week for bodyweight only every single week on the main page of the getbetterproject.com. You just scroll down a little bit and you'll see a whole bunch of them there. There's tons of them there at this point. So if, you, if you're questioning how to do any of this thing. So air squats, keep it back flat, push your knees outside, weight on the heels, drive up through the heels, get your back 
get you back up to the top. And you should be pointed about at your pinky toes and your width of your feet is going to be different depending on how your hips are made, but you're going to want to get into a good position that is usually a little bit wider than hip width. And for some people, it's more even wider than that. So you've got the air squat as the base, as the basics. You got to nail that. You got to get that one down. Awesome. Get it, get to doing it really well. And then you can start adding intensity to it. So doing it faster, doing it more explosive, adding balance to it. So what we're going to do is say from going to the air squat, after you've done these other things of adding explosiveness and, and whatnot, go to a single leg squat. So then try and hold your knee in the same position, your hips in the same position with one leg off the ground. Now you could put your leg that is off of the ground in front of you. You could even put it behind you if that feels better. Most people in the sport of fitness will put it in front of them or it's out to the side when they're doing this. And you could even put the off leg slightly on the ground and use it as a kickstand if you want to as you're trying to balance. But what you're going to do is you... And I actually program these for people that are brand new to fitness and to movement even. And I just have them not go very low because I think the balance that is accrued by doing these is amazing. And a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to go. I They watch me do it and I go all the way down to the ground. They're like, there's no way I could do that. Well, you need to start where you're at. And you should, should be doing something that is single leg, single arm, all of this stuff. And you just need to know how to scale it appropriately for you. So that starts off by just doing it only to a certain amount of depth. So you don't go, it could only be a couple of inches. And then maybe you're going to do it where you sit onto a bench or a chair. So that's the bottom and that's totally cool. The key is that you're focusing on having your knee in the direction of your toe or slightly to the outside, the weight on the heel of your foot and your back as flat as you can keep it. On a single leg squat, once you get down close to parallel, you're probably going to have a little bit of rounding in your back unless you're loading from the front. So we're talking about body weight today, so we're not going to be loading from the front. We're just going to be keeping our backs as flat as we can. And if they start to round, we'll stop and go back up. That's going to be the key. Then the next thing in the squat series, this is a podcast going to go on and on if I keep going out rambling off like this, is the squat jump. All right. Squat jumps are fantastic. Maybe the best movement that I've ever come across for creating massive amounts of lactic acid in your muscles that you have to clear out. So I think that it is incredibly underrated in a lot of fitness programs just doing squat jumps. If you guys have never tried a leg blaster, try doing some leg blasters. They're, I was introduced to them this winter trying to get in shape or ready for ski season slash snowboard seasons. I'm a snowboarder. You do 20 air squats, 20 standing lunges, 20 jumping lunges, and 20 squat jumps. And if you can do it one time without stopping, try and do it another time. And then another time to work up to three times in a row without stopping. Holy smokes, you are a bad human if you can do those three times in a row without stopping. The lactic acid that gets built up is insane. It is just awesome. So go to squat jumps again. Because these are going to be the most explosive version of the squat that we're going to be doing in a bodyweight movement, you're going to want to have your technique nailed down before you even come close to considering this. If you can't keep your knees in the right position, meaning that your knees cave in when you dip out of the jump, then you are not ready for the squat jump. You have to create the muscular stability, muscular and joint stability around the regular squat and move that faster with continuing to keep that stability before you're going to jump and then go into a more dynamic movement. 
but it will be fantastic once you get there. And if you haven't gotten there yet, you don't need to jump forward. Like you don't, people don't need to go from, all right, I'm just doing an air squat to having 300 pounds on a bar, or I'm just going from air squat and trying to get that down to doing a jump squat or doing a full depth single leg squat. It just doesn't make sense. You don't need to, but people see that they're like, I want that immediately. And that's the results that I want. It's like, well, you're going to get just as good a results or better results actually, because you're not going to hurt yourself by moving just one step up. Meaning that like you just go from doing a regular air squat to doing it faster and holding the good technique. And then incremental increases in that intensity will get you the continued results. Does that make sense? Hope so. Then we're going to go after squats, and there's other variations of squats that we could talk about, different variations of width and all of that type of stuff. But in order to keep you focused on what we're doing here, we're going from squats into lunges. So we already talked a little bit about lunges, but you have regular lunges, and lunges are the main thing. You're going to keep the weight on the heel of the front foot. You're going to have the knee pointing in the direction of the toe or slight to the outside of the pinky toe, kind of like the squat. You're going to have your chest up, and you are going to be driving through the heel of your front foot. The back foot is going to be for balance, and you're mostly focusing on the front foot. That's where all or the majority of the weight bearing is going to take place. Then you can take your lunges, and you don't need to tap your knee on the ground, but if you're in a position where you can and it's soft and it doesn't really matter, then go ahead and do it. Then you're going to go into walking lunges. So you start making it more dynamic from standing lunges to walking lunges. And then from walking lunges, you can go into side lunges, which is great if you have any kind of hip mobility uh, that you could be that could be gained. I know that I gain a lot from doing a side lunge. It's really fantastic for me to do. Then we go into jumping lunges. So jumping lunges, just like we mentioned earlier in, in the Leg blasters are awesome, just like the jump squats or the squat jumps in order to create lactic acid in the in the legs. And they you can do these in all kinds of ways. A lot of times people say, I'm going to do squat or jumping lunges, and then we'll jump a little bit off the ground and move the legs. But if you want to make it even more intense, do high jumping lunges. So you're trying to get as high as you can and then jumping in the lunge. There's so many ways that you can create not only fitness, so like the ability for your body to continue moving and be you know fit across all kinds of different domains, but strength, size, if you want more muscular size, definition, all this stuff can be done without having to load up a whole bunch of weights. You can just create better muscular contractions. It's really amazing. So then you can go into something like a Bulgarian split squat where you put up one leg onto a bench or something like that, and you're focusing completely on the leg that's in front with a little bit of balance, there's still definitely the back leg that's going to be contributing, but it's not nearly as much as the lunge. It's just even more focused on that position. I feel like even more focused on the quad rather than the glute and the hamstring, depending on how you're maneuvering and how, how far away you're putting your foot there. But try the Bulgarian split squat. It's a great movement. We've been utilizing a lot in the Get Better Project lately in order to enhance our quadricep and glute and hamstring gains as more of a strength movement than something that's in like a Metcon or something like that, but really focusing on doing it with tempo and being controlled and trying to hold the positions and getting the glute engagement on those movements. So fantastic movement, especially for you guys that are sitting a lot to get your glute engagement. All of these, the squats, the the lunges, and the Bulgarian split squats, just great stuff for anybody that sits a lot. You got to be doing these things regularly. Then we're going to go into jumping people overlook jumping a lot of times. Jumping is great. And we've been utilizing it so effectively in the Get Better Project where one of the things that we'll do is we'll say measure out five to six feet or whatever is like a good jump for you and do a two-footed jump five to six feet 
back and forth. That explosiveness, because think about when you're trying to do something or, or make up a movement that you can't do without weights, like a deadlift, for example. It's not like I can go tell somebody to find a good heavy rock to pick up. There's probably not the right size. It's not going to make sense for how I'm programming it. But I can tell them to jump. And that jump has a hinge of the hip that is similar to a deadlift, not exactly the same, but similar to a deadlift. And they're explosive. They're having explosive movement. So then when they go, and if they ever do decide to pick up a deadlift, or maybe they don't want to, or pick something up off the ground, they've have that hamstring activation that they've learned from the hip hinge and driving through explosive movement in the hamstring there. So jumping is great. And we can do jumping with two legs, with one leg. We can do jumping for distance. We can do jumping for height. And you can put all of those things together. And it's it's amazing how overlooked it gets in traditional fitness and traditional programs. So you don't even need it. Like you think about the body weight that you have, jump up as high as you can. And you tell me that you're not going to get some benefit from that. You don't need weights for that, but it is going to transfer into that because think about when your body is loaded up with a bunch of weights and you have to contract it really hard, contract it. I mean, the muscles really hard in order to get yourself back up with the weights on you. If you contract your muscles equally just as hard to launch yourself up into the air, that's going to have transfer over. So whether you're just doing this to get in fit without having any weights or wanting to have it make you a really awesome human being or want you to tra- want it to transfer into when you're going to get back into the gym or back into lifting weights, it's all going to transfer to those things. So it's really cool stuff, guys. Then we can go into some upper body. Don't worry, we're not forgetting about the upper body. Push-ups are a lot of times not overlooked. A lot of people do a lot of push-ups. But what is overlooked is the positioning of your hands on the push-up. So a lot of times people get caught into doing these really narrow push-ups because they think that it transfers in more or transfers over more to other activities. And if you're a crossfitter, you've probably heard that. I don't abide by that. I think that you want to activate your chest as much as possible. So you're going to have your elbow out, but your shoulders are still down, meaning they're not up in your ear. They're down being activated by your lats, but you're still in a position where you're activating your chest as much as you possibly can, which is not happening if your elbows are close to your sides when you're doing those push-up movements. So variation in push-ups, explosive push-ups. Again, just like the jumping, you can explode off of the ground. You can change your tempo. You can go down slow. You can go down fast. You can explode up. You can go down slow and then explode up. You can do the clapping push-ups, which man, oh man, try to do 20 clapping push-ups. You think you're good at push-ups, try to do 20 clapping push-ups in a row and you will find that you maybe have been humbled. So push-ups are fantastic. I'm not a huge fan of the single arm push-ups. So I think that just, it puts a lot of tension on your shoulder. You can do it. And if you're really good at it, sure. Or if you feel like you have the ability, a really strong shoulder joint, but I wouldn't program it for anybody just because I think that it's very awkward position um, for many reasons. And people's shoulders are not usually healthy as they should be in order to do a movement like that. So I'm not a big fan of those. But as far as push-ups go, uh, push-ups, like I said, normal grip, wide grip, narrow grip, all of it's good stuff, just moving it around. So the variation is going to be the key for these types of things, guys. The variation is the key. Uh, Clapping push-ups, tricep extensions against a wall. So you just put your hands up against a wall, move your head down towards the wall, and then extend. And the lower that you get, the harder it is. You could even, if you're really amazing athlete. You could probably do this on the ground by going into like a push-up position with your a narrow grip push-up position and then moving your head down to the ground and extending back up. If you're looking for some tricep activation, that would really 
really get you going and you would have the ability to take your chest out of that movement pattern and just focus on getting that gun show and the triceps going if you wanted to focus on a bodybuilding type movement. Handstand push-ups. So we're going to start with pike handstand push-ups. We've been utilizing these a ton. So you go up on your toes, you put your hands on the ground, and you basically lower your head down to the ground. Or if you want to make it harder, you put your feet up elevated onto something. You're trying to get your upper body as close to perpendicular to the floor as you possibly can, and then lowering your head down in controlled manner to touch the ground and then extend back up. These things are almost as hard if you put your feet up on like a 24-inch box as a regular handstand push-up against the wall almost as hard. And I would even argue they might be more effective because you're having a little bit more control over the movement pattern. So you're able to really think about the muscles that you're contracting. So if I don't have somebody in the sport of fitness and they don't, or they're not comfortable getting upside down, I have no problem with them just doing a pike handstand pushup on a box or a ledge or a dumbbell or something like that instead of a regular handstand pushup. And side note, we only always do strict handstand pushups, no kipping handstand pushups here at all. I don't think it's worth bonking your head on the ground at all. And me, myself personally, having competed in the sport of fitness for many years, think that I still have little neck issues from doing kipping handstand pushups in the CrossFit Open because why would you, if you're in a competition state, you're trying to get the most out of it, that is a lot of force that goes through your neck when you're doing a kipping handstand push-up. So I do not recommend ever doing that. No kipping handstand push-ups. Uh, handstand push-ups go into handstand walking. So if you you know you go from pike handstand push-ups to strict handstand push-ups to handstand walking and handstand holds against the wall. So it depends on the progression of what you're looking at. But you would go from the pike to handstand hold, to handstand push-ups, to handstand walking. And all of these can be great variations. I mean, try going around, going and walking around your hands in the grass for a little while and see how your shoulders and your arms feel. It's not only going to be a great workout, it's so good for the muscles around your joint if you can walk around not only straight, but in different obstacles course style fashion. So play around with that. We also have some coaching videos in the Get Better Project about how to get yourself started on handstand walking. So if you need direction to those, let me know or put that in the show notes at allaroundjoe.com slash 260. Then last but not least, the calf raises. So you'd be surprised how many people overlook calf raises. All right. Calves are utilized in walking, in running, in jumping. And a lot of times we do not get ourselves into a position where the heel is dropped below the toe and then extended back up. If you're questioning this, try going and finding a curb, dropping your feet or your heels off of the curb and doing eight sets of eight reps of calf raises with 30 seconds rest in between. So 64 calf raises with rest. And come back and tell me if you're not super sore afterwards. Because in the Get Better Project, first time that I programmed that, people came back not being able to walk right for a few days. Just with body weight. Yep. And then if you want to make it harder, do it single leg. Just keep your toe pointed in the direction that you want to focus on. You could also move those toes around. There's not going to be a lot about you know, getting yourself into a position that's bad with a calf raise, but train that range of motion. Even train to the other range of motion where your heels up on the curb and you drop the toes down and bring the toes up. The anterior tib muscle there, which is the front of the bottom or lower leg, is usually called the least trained prime moving muscle. So you should train it. 
utilize it. It gets used a lot in picking our feet up, our toes up off the ground. When we're walking, we're running, doing all kinds of stuff. And the last, the last thing I'm going to be talking about today is the number one way that you can get yourself super fit running. And I'm not just talking about regular running. I'm talking about all different kinds of running. And I'm talking about running with proper technique. Unless you've been taught how to run properly, you probably are not doing it well. So you should check out Pose Running, P-O-S-E, Running. There's a bunch of free training on YouTube. Just go watch one of the videos so you have an idea of what you're doing. You're basically falling forward from your ankles, picking your feet up off the ground quickly in short choppy steps from your hamstrings. So you're avoiding long strides. You're avoiding heel striking. You're trying to strike on the mid of your foot. So, you know, the middle of your shoe essentially is what you're looking for. And you're trying to increase your speed mostly by leaning forward and falling using gravity. It is the safest way for you to run. You're keeping your joints aligned and you're moving your hands in such a way that it's propelling you forward, not over rotating to the sides. You can utilize running for conditioning, right? Long, slow distance will burn a bunch of body fat, get you super lean. You can utilize running for interval training. So intervals meaning that you're going to increase different segments of your endurance. So muscular endurance, cardiovascular endurance, um, that's going to transfer into all different kinds of things. You can use it for explosive movements. So you do sprinting or bounding or anything like that, or skips, power skips, that is going to transfer into more explosive movements. So If you get yourself comfortable enough to really give some good sprints going, your legs, well, go look at sprinters' legs. They develop really well by running hard. It is amazing. But like any of these movements that we've talked about, any of them, you need to have the technique down first before you increase the intensity or the speed of the movement. If you start running and you cannot hold good technique, even on a long, slow distance, you need to go for shorter distances. You need to practice your technique until you can do it for longer distances. Once you can build yourself up to the longer distances, then you could start to increase the speed of it. So you've got it locked in. You can increase the speed and the intensity. Then the world is your oyster. Once you can hold proper, awesome technique, with intensity, then it opens your whole world up to being able to get amazing results with just creativity, essentially. And, well, hard work. All of this stuff requires hard work. There's nothing and no way around it. No pills, no gimmicks, no nothing. Just hard work is always what's going to take for you to succeed. Sorry. So anyway, guys, I hope this was beneficial for you. I hope that it opened up your eyes a little bit. We do this type of stuff five days a week, you know, all the time. So if you have any questions, let me know. You can hit me up at allaroundjoe.com slash 260 or joe at allaroundjoe.com. Head over to the Get Better Project and check out some of the workouts of the week. If you have questions about uh, training and the how you, your videos or how your movement should look, we do training videos and all that stuff over there. And reach out to me if you have questions about it. I'm happy to have somebody, you know, send me a video and be like, hey, I'm working on this thing in my running form. What do you see? Believe me, there's far too few people that are reaching out to people like me that are asking for help in doing things better because I've been obsessed my whole life, well, since I was about 20, in perfecting or getting as close to perfect, excellent, being excellent at these things. And I still work on them all the time. They are constant 
work in progress. So if you want help with that, you just have to reach out. And if you want to do the full program that we're doing, head over to thegetbetterproject.com slash two weeks and start your two weeks right now where I don't know if if you guys are not getting this, but the Get Better Project is not just a workout program. It is workout, nutrition, life. So we do coaching check-ins every single week where not only are we talking about asking you and working with you on how your workouts are going, how your nutrition is going, but we talk about how your sleep is going. So we figure out, are you, is your room dark enough? Is it cold enough? Is it, you know, are you going to bed at the right time so that you can optimize the consistency that your sleep pattern should have so that you're getting enough deep sleep and REM sleep? Are you stressed? Where's the stress coming from? Are you using stress techniques in order to handle more stress? We're talking about all of these different things and we're here for you constantly. So that is the difference. It is an enhanced training program with advanced coaches to help you out. So get your two weeks at getbetterproject.com slash two weeks. And we'd love to work with you and we'd love to answer your questions even if you don't want to get involved with the Get Better Project and uh, just helping the world be a better, awesomer place. So there you have it. Hope you guys have enjoyed this. I'm going to go and live up with a van life here out by the river, do another workout for the day, and maybe go bike riding. So peace out. The All-Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human performance, your personal experiences, and athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. I will see you on the next time.